You know, the Bible asks us a question in James chapter 4. It asks us, for what is your life? Then the Bible goes on to answer it. It says, it is a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. Man, amen. How accurate is the Bible? Man, your life is nothing more than a vapor that appears for a little while, then it's gone. Nothing more than that. It goes by so quickly. Those moments pass us by. One day you're young, the next day you're old. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24 says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower thereof falls away. Well, I don't know about you, I don't know what your grass looks like, but my grass is all brown right now. You know, there was a time, just seemed like yesterday, I had to mow it twice a week. You know, but the summer has went by like that. My grass is gone now. The Bible says that's what your life is like, man. It's a vapor. It appears for a little while and disappears. The, the Bible refers to our life, it's like grass. And it's green. It grows fast and furious and happens. And then it's brown and it's gone. That's what our lives are like. You can't slow it down and you can't stop it. It's not a very encouraging sermon so far, is it yet? Why'd you come today? You're probably thinking, well, here, I could be resting on the couch. You know, the truth is, when I'm done preaching, you will have been aged by 30 or 40 minutes from the time I started. Because time keeps ticking and moving on and on and on, and those are minutes and moments you'll never ever get back. They're a memory now. That's all they are. They're gone. You know, the Bible even warns us about wasting time. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now that phrase, redeeming the time, means making the most of your time. Making the most of every opportunity that you have in your life. The Bible warns you about what you do with your time. Don't waste it. It's so short, it's a vapor. Make the most of every opportunity that you have. Because once it passes you by, it's gone. You can't rewind time and go back there anymore and do something differently. It's gone. You made your choice. You made your decision. You spent that time. Now it's gone. It goes so quickly. Make the most of your time. Most of every opportunity. The Bible tries to tell us that time is so valuable. Time is precious. Time is non-renewable. Don't waste it. Once that moment passes you by, it's nothing more than a memory. You know, and to boot, we don't know how much of it we have in the future either. You know, we don't know how long that vapor's going to last. Some vapor rises up to here, some rises to here, some rises to there. We don't even know how much of this precious commodity called time, we don't even know how much of it I have or you have. We don't know. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Whereas ye know not, not what shall be on the morrow, for ye ought to say, If the Lord live, or if the Lord will, and we live, and we'll do this, or we'll do that. Look, you can plan to do anything 
in the world. You can plan tomorrow that you're going to do this. You can make up a plan that next year you're going to do that. This time next week I'm going to move my life in that direction. I'm going to make this decision or I'm going to go in that direction. You can plan anything in the world, but there are infinite amount of things that can keep you from that, right? A million billion things can happen. A million billion unforeseen things can happen to you and stop your time that you have in your life. You know not what shall be on the morrow. It's a vapor, brothers and sisters. It is a vapor. And the 39 years that I have been alive have went by like that. And the older I get, it seems to be going faster and faster and faster. Amen? When you're a little kid, it seems like you have forever. Man, it just seems like you got all the time in the world to do whatever you want to do, waste the time away, playing video games or whatever you want to do. It goes by, your life goes by so quickly, it's a vapor. So then we have this precious, valuable, non-renewable commodity called time. I wonder what it is, brothers and sisters, that we spend our time on. Remember Pastor Joe's service years ago? He preached called the dash. I'll never forget that one. I even have a bad memory. I'll never forget that when the dash, that dash represents what you did with your life. I was born in 1976. I'm in my dash right now. If I were to die next year, just say 1976 dash 2016. That dash represents everything I did. I'll never forget that sermon. We're all, everyone in this room, we're somewhere along that dash right now. What is it that you're spending that precious dash on? Your allotted amount of time that God has given you. I don't know how long it is, neither do you. What is it that you're spending this precious, the precious moments of your life on? Is it spent chasing your own interests, perfecting your golf game, sowing into your precious career? Is it spent on your desires? Is it spent on acquiring things that the Bible would call wood, hay, and stubble? Things that won't matter? Is it spent laboring in the kingdom of God? Spent toiling over and pouring over His Word? How do we spend the time that we have allotted to us? It's so precious. And they tick by so quick. How are we spending it? Those moments are so few. They pass us by. Psalms chapter 90 verse 10 says, The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. The Bible's just kind of generalizing, saying, Hey, you get roughly 70, maybe 80 years. And what? After that, you're going to fly away. You're gone. That's what you get. The Bible's saying, now you get an average of this or that, and after that, you're flying away, man. You're gone. Your days are over. Brothers and sisters, how are we spending this precious, fleeting thing that we have called time? How are we spending it? The Bible, actually, in several places in the Bible, it refers to our lives as a shadow. In the book of Job, We know what Job's about. Job refers to his life as nothing more than a mere shadow. Man, that's what it is. It's a shadow. It appears for a little while, then the sun goes down, and that shadow's gone. 
Psalms 144 verse 3 says, Lord, what is man that thou dost take knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makes account of him? Man is like to vanity, his days are a shadow that passes away. They're a shadow that passes away. Brothers and sisters, time is precious. What are you doing with it? Time is short. You only get a little bit of it. What are we doing with it? You know, we, we tend to only think about time. We only tend to think about the time in our lives and how much we have and what we've done with it when someone passes away. I believe the Lord would have it constantly to be on our mind. And to know, to always be mindful that time is short and our life could end at any moment. We know not where we'll be on tomorrow. I believe God would always want us to be mindful that time is precious. And don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't waste every, any moment. It's brief. It's fleeting. Our lives are a shadow. Now I'm going to re- reveal something to you real prophetic, okay? One day your time's going to be up, okay? One day it's your turn. One day you will be toes to the sky. One day it's going to be my turn where my time is up. My dash is over and they complete that. One day my time will be over. One day your time will be over. You can bank on that, okay? You can bank on it. I promise you that's going to come true. Now, I know that's kind of sobering. I know we don't like to think about it, but it's true. One day our time will be up. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse, four, or, yeah, verse 14, For we must needs die. And are as water spilled on the ground which cannot be gathered up again. Neither doth God respect any person. I'll tell you what. We're going to die and God has no respecter of persons. Doesn't matter how important you are. Doesn't matter how many people may depend on you or how rich or poor you are. God doesn't respect any of that. God just knows one day he's going to call you home. And your time is going to be up. You'll be like water spilled on the ground. It's there for a little while. Go home and spill some water on the ground. You'll see it for a little bit. And after long, that ground will soak it up and it'll be back to being dry again. And it's gone. That's what the Bible says our life is like. Doesn't matter who you are. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. To me, that's one of the scariest scriptures in the Bible. No. It is appointed unto man once to die. Each of us in this room has an appointment with it. Yeah, you might want to not think about that. You might want to think, I got better things to think about than that because that's kind of morbid, isn't it? It kind of is in a way. Kind of is discouraging to know that I'm going to be dead one day. It kind of is. But we can't ignore the fact that it is true still. And the Bible says after that, the judgment and every single individual in here has to stand before the Lord and give an account to him when he asks you what did you do with the time that I gave you he gives each and every one of us a certain amount and he's going to expect an answer for what we did with the time that he gave us I think the most important question the most important question we could ask ourselves is, where am I going then when my time is up? Where am I going to go when my time is up? Uh, The Bible tells us specifically two places. 
Matthew 25. And these, which is talking about sinners. Sinners go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And one of those two places, when God calls you home, and your allotted time is up, and you stand before Him, and you give an account to Him, one of those two places, that's all it is. Choice A or choice B. There's nothing in between. Sinners, everlasting punishment, righteous into eternal life. I'm telling you, it, it's, it's crazy to think, but how short and quick this temporary life passes us by. Yet, it determines where we spend eternity. See, this soul that's inside of me is going to spend eternity somewhere in this short little temporary fleshly body that I'm housed in right now. It determines where my choices, what I spend my time on, determines where I spend eternity. First John chapter 5, verse 11 says, And this is the record that God hath given eternal life unto us, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on his name of the Son of God. And if you have the Son, if you have Jesus Christ, you have life. If Jesus is inside of you, if you have him, if you possess Jesus Christ inside you, you have eternal life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. You don't have Jesus then you've made your choice of what you're going to do with your time. I came across this line of this poem, you know, when I was studying some stuff, and it says this, Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Brothers and sisters, it's as simple as that. We spend this precious time chasing after goofy things, and the Lord is telling us, only what you do for me will last. Only what you do for my kingdom matters. And I believe that when we get to heaven and we think back on our earthly lives, we're, we're going to be full of regret. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that differently? Why didn't I live more for Christ? Why didn't I tell more people about him? If we could just grab a hold of that now while we're here in these bodies, these earthly bodies. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 says, for, so, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. I want to read that to you in the New Living Translation. It says, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. I think we have a whole world full of unsaved people that are trying to find life, trying to create life for themselves, a, a fulfilling life with this valuable time they have. And the Bible tells us exactly the opposite. Give your life away. Give your time away to me for my kingdom, and then you'll find life. Now, I don't want to discourage you, and I don't want you to walk home saying, well, I went to church and pretty much heard I'm going to die. You know, and I know that is kind of morbid and not super encouraging, but in a way, I, I actually would disagree with you. 
And when a preacher says, hey, you're going to die, you better know where you're going. It's not discouraging in the slightest if you know where you're going. I know where I'm going. I know where John Hajar is. Brothers and sisters, it's not, you can have, who, who in the world in the first place wants to be around here forever? I don't with your bad knees or your bad back or your sore, whatever it is, bad shoulder and the surgeries you got to go through. Who wants to deal with all that stuff? Or who wants to work their lives away, making someone else rich, you know? Who wants to do that? Oh, it's time I got to go back to the grind again. I got to go. Who wants to do that forever? I don't. The Bible says labor so that you can enter into your rest. Right now, brothers and sisters, our time to labor. Labor in the kingdom of God and rest will come for us later. And it's not discouraging in the slightest to know that you're going to die. It's not if you know where you're going. And I know where I'm going. Oh, there is going to be a time, and I think we're rapidly approaching this, where God stops time. You see, I can't. We can't even slow it down. As much as I would like to slow the precious moments in my life down and enjoy them a little bit longer, they pass me by. God has the ability to stop time, and he's going to. Let me read to you in Revelation chapter 10, verse 5. It says, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth lifted up his hand to heaven and swear by him that lives forever and ever who created heaven and the things that are therein and the earth and the things that are therein are and the sea and the things that, that which are therein that there should be time no longer. The, the Lord's going to send these angels and he's going to stop time and he say, he's going to say, all right, time's up for everyone. Time is up. Brothers and sisters in Revelations, if you know where you're going, this is not depressing at all to know that one day we're going to die. In Revelations chapter 21, in, verse 20, in chapters 22, it talks about, see, the, us down here, we have a 365-day a calendar, right? We measure our days by hours, 24-hour days, hours, minutes, and seconds. And if you read in Revelations at the end of the Bible, when God makes it all right again, See, in the beginning in Genesis, man screws this perfect thing up, but at the very end of Revelation, God makes it all right again. Man's reconciled to God again. And if you read in these two chapters, the last two chapters of the Bible, you'll see that heaven isn't governed by time. It's not, there is no time in heaven. You can take your watch off and throw it away. There's no need to check and say, well, I've got to be at work. Because there's no sun and no moon, there's no need for that in heaven because the glory of God is so bright, it's day all the time in heaven. That's where I'm going, brothers and sisters. That's where John Hajar is, brothers and sisters. He doesn't have to worry about time anymore. He doesn't have to worry about diseases and sicknesses anymore and problems and the curse of sin anymore. Brothers and sisters, that's where I'm going. That's where my sights are set on. No, much as I would love to pause the precious moments in my life, I can't. They pass me by. They're just mere memories now. But I'm going to a place where there is no time. Amen? I'm going to a place where there's rest. Amen? Much as I'd like to stay on vacation, i got one coming up in a couple weeks. And I love those vacations. Even if I don't go anywhere, I call them a staycation. I just stay at home and enjoy the time off. It goes by just like that, and I'm going back to work. My brothers and sisters, I'm putting my stock in a place that doesn't have no time. I can't wait to get there. 
time goes so fast. Let these words serve to remind you that your life is but a fleeting vapor. A fleeting vapor. And it doesn't have to be discouraging. If you do not know Jesus Christ, if you do not have the Son of God in you, you're not going to spend eternity in this place of rest that I'm talking about. There's a place of eternal torment that the Bible talks about. That's where people go that do not have Jesus Christ in their life. That's where people go that spend their allotted time on self-seeking things, self-interest things. Where are you going when your time is up, brothers and sisters? Where are you going to go? You know, it's sobering to think, but when we stand before God, we're going to stand before God as individuals, not as a New Hope church. You're not going to have Pastor Joe there to witness for you. And Pastor Joe said, yes, he was good. He came three out of four Sundays a month. And uh, his attendance was good. Let me check his uh, tithing record. Yeah, it was good. Here, Lord, I'll submit that for evidence. You're not going to have that. You're not going to have your wife to say, yeah, he treated me good or he treated me poorly. You're not going to have anyone there to witness for you. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. It'll just be you and God hashing it out. You'll answer directly to him. The Bible says his countenance shines like the sun in its strength. And you'll be looking straight into that. And you'll give an account for your life. Brothers and sisters, how are you spending the moments of your life? Booth, if we could dim some of these lights, please. Before we go, I want to open these altars up. And I don't want anyone to be discouraged and think, well, you just told me you're, I'm going to die. We all are. That's just a simple fact of life. It is truth. Very much true. But we can know where we're going. Look, if you need to come down here and make sure, if you don't have Christ, come down here, grab someone, make sure you have the Son of God in your life. Make Him Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you once have prayed that years ago, but you fell away. Sins have crept back and overtaken you again. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you've, what the Bible calls, backslidden. Maybe you've slid back into the ways of the world. Come up here and rededicate your life to Christ again. If you just want to make your way forward and pray and thank Him that you know where you're going. If we have some music you'd like to play, let's bow our heads. And if there be anyone that needs Christ, anyone need, wants to rededicate their life to Christ, please do so. Father God, we thank you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we know that the moments of our life are few and precious. Lord, we just ask that we would spend them wisely, Lord. Help us not to waste time. Father God, help us to serve you with the time that we have. Lord, make us servants. Lord, help us to see eternal things, Lord God. Make this world and all of its lights and all of its toys help those things to grow dim in our eyes, Father God. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we would seek your face, that we would give you our precious time. Lord, make us people who pray. Make us people who fast. Make us people who care about other people who are unsaved. Lord, I pray you would stir us, Lord God. Stir our hearts, Father God. Stir us, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Lord, we love you. We believe in you. We trust in you.